season junior ambassadors nerds and nerdettes of all ages and welcome back to the nerd Dad nations podcast i am your ambassador from the midwest united states jared boots with me as always is my ambassador to the great white north of canada melissa happy halloween season <laughs> happy halloween season the best time of the year <laughs> very much i have been i've already had two Pumpkin scones from Starbucks, and uh, I just had my first bowl of Count Chocula this morning. I'm jealous. I am so jealous. <laughs> I haven't had anything pumpkin spice yet. I gotta fix that. <laughs> I'm definitely not a fan of pumpkin beer, though. It is gross. Oh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> mm. I, I try to. I try to keep my pumpkin taste to the baked goods. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually the best. <laughs> so, as we just mentioned, this is our middle of our spooky season. Uh, we kicked it off uh, a couple weeks ago with uh, having Lisa from I Love That Movie on our show. We talked about all things Tim Burton. And that should be one of our most memorable episodes because we didn't get off topic once. <laughs> it's a historic moment, everybody. <laughs> and I really hope nobody got alcohol poisoning from taking a shot every time I said Planet of the Apes. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's hope not. <laughs> well, while we're on the subject... <laughs> You you watch you watched Planet of the Apes after we got done recording that episode. What'd you think of it? I thought I thought it was good. I thought it was kind of fun. Um, definitely kind of weird in the sense of like Tim Burton directing it. Like just it's so not like his sort of usual film. So it was just kind of I don't know. It was kind of weird, but I I really enjoyed it actually. It was uh, it was fun. So I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of the franchise in general. I've seen yeah. some of the originals. I've saw the the newer one with the the first one of the last trilogy with James Franco. I saw that one, but mm. I've enjoyed them. But I'm not. I wouldn't say like I'm. I don't love it this the way I love Star Wars or superhero franchises or anything. So yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I've seen one of the more recent planet of the apes i can't remember which which one it was but um i thought it was all right but yeah like i'm not i'm not the biggest fan of of that franchise um but no this one this one i i enjoyed so it was good it, it, it doesn't get the crap it deserves for it um i've definitely seen a lot worse movies than 
Tim Burton's <laughs> Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like it's kind of... <laughs> I feel like it really kind of hasn't aged very well, but, you know, if you're, if you're looking for just some just some, like funky entertainment, <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's just one to, you know... Well, I think what I appreciate about it most is the the makeup effects by Rick Baker, Monster Maker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or I really, Rick, that Rick was... fucking ba- Rick fucking Baker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's much like uh, the discussion me and you had the other night about you were watching the Haunted World of El Super Bisto. Mm. Go it's not it's not rubbed. <laughs> Planet of the Apes is a lot like uh, that. It's like uh, Super uh-huh. Beast is not Rob Zombie's best movie, but it's not his worst movie either. <laughs> it, it's, it's entertaining. I I I own it. Yeah. I own it, and it's it's hilarious. But <laughs> it is. It was, it was one I just randomly found on. I think it was a streaming service, Tubi. They got like their free movies and stuff, and I just happened to stumble upon it, and it was just like I gotta just watch this, and it's just. It was so random and just all over the place and hilarious, and yeah, I I really loved it. It was just one of those movies where it just like you could like t- just turn your brain off and just enjoy the bonkers entertainment, and uh, yeah, I re- I loved it. <laughs> I got a, I got a couple of the L Super B. I got a couple of the L Super Beasto comic books. Oh yeah, I haven't dug into them yet, but um, have you seen Three from Hell yet? No, I haven't. Well, if it's not too spoilery, there is a well, it's a continuation of the Firefly family from Devil's Rejects, and um, yeah. there's a point where there's a character that shows up in a luchador mask, and I swear to God, I thought it was a super beast, though, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there's a self super beast, though. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's still on my on my list to watch. So. It's just like every other. It's like just like every other Rob Zombie movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> full frontal, <laughs> full frontal nudity, excessive swearing, and violence. Yep. <laughs> and crude, crude, crude dialogue. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> What's also the last on-screen performance of Sid Haig too? Mm, that's right. Well, kind of, kind of a sad segue. But uh, t- um, tonight's subject is um, if those if you if any of our listeners also follow the Real Fans for Real Movies um, podcast and Facebook page, um, we Melissa and I participate with the members of that page doing something every year called a scarathon, where you start watching, you watch at least one horror movie or scary movie a day. Well, now this year they started at what September first. Yep. And it all goes all the way up until Halloween. And so Melissa and I thought this year we would do for our little Halloween entertainment. Uh, we've done a lot of first time viewings this year. I think it was even was it Jamie or Guy on the page mentioned like I think they're happy to see how many first time viewings there were, were going on this year for the Scarathon. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was Jamie. Like he was pleased to see how many first time viewings there were there was going on in here. So. Yeah. Listen, I thought we would do uh, like a little. Uh, we're almost halfway through the scarathon. I've I've fallen way off. Um, 
mm-hmm. off of my scarathon because of just what's been going on in my personal life lately with my apartment and everything. So, um, so we thought we'd just do a little check in on how we're doing our scarathons, and we're just going to discuss a couple of the movies that um, we've seen for the first time. Just a little discussion. We're not going to do any lists. Uh, we're trying to take a break from the lists. And the next episode we have come to, we're going to try something different also to change it up a little bit. So uh, before we get started, Melissa, uh, well, like I said, it was a, uh, mentioning Sid Haig's last on-screen performance is kind of a sad segue. Um, the reason why I bring that up is I had one movie I've seen for the first time this year that I was disappointed in. That was uh, Death House, mm. which was supposed to be the expendables of the horror movie icons. Oh, yeah. It and it was Gunner Gunner Hansen, the original Leatherface. It was his brainchild. And one of the things I was disappointed with, well, I knew this before going into it. I knew that Robert Englund wasn't in it. Which, like, how do you get all these icons in horror and not have Robert Englund? Mm-hmm. But uh, sorry to cut in front of you, but uh, about this, but like, it's. It's it's like other movies that Melissa and I have discussed before, like Girl on the Third Floor, where there was good plot points in there. The script just needed another pass, I think, with this one. And if Kane Hodder, a stuntman who's mostly known for playing a character who doesn't talk, is your best actor in a movie. <laughs> it's like, like if... If you like The Expendables or you like, if you're a fan of horror movies, then you will like it. And Sid Haig gives a really good performance in it, too. But uh, you get you get icons like Sid Haig, Kane Hodder, Bill Mosley, uh, Gunnar Hansen, Barbara Crampton, uh, Dee Wallace. Um, what's her name? Felicia Rose from uh, Sleepaway Camp. So, and uh, Michael Berryman. So you get some really good performances out of those people but it's like the lead actors they got to play the head agents they're god awful <laughs> uh, so, so that's good. that's that, that, that's my disappointment that's kind of hard to see it's kind of sad because i don't think gunner hansen wrote it but it was his i it, this was his brainchild and it's kind of sad to see that this is what being one of his last projects that he worked on to like, yeah, I think that's scripting another pass on it. It's just, it's like trying to do too many things at once. Mm. Yeah. It's on, and that, it's on Netflix when, too. Well, yeah. That's, that's when you get into trouble is when you have so many things going on, unless you, you're really good at like at multitasking in a movie where you have different stuff going on. And then maybe at the end, it all kind of connects up. Um, you run into trouble there. It's just, there's so many things and it's like, okay, if you're not like prepared to, to deal with all this stuff, it's just going to end up in a train wreck. <laughs> like, okay. That, yeah. The second pass should have been, okay, let's cut a little bit of crap out and then focus maybe on like two things instead of, you know, however many things are going on at that time, you know? Um, and it probably would have been, you know, this slightly better movie, but it kind of sucks when you're looking forward to it and then like, oh, <laughs> you're like, just oh. kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Plus, how do you have like an expendables of horror icons and not have Robert England? Like that's it, yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> it seems like only the it seems like only the diehards are gonna know who Felicia Rose is. Yeah. Like, well, I'm happy she was in it because I do love the first Sleepaway Camp movie. Is it an Oscar-winning movie? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got. <laughs> But it's got the. But there's like it's like one of those movies. I tell you, I've heard it on podcasts before. It's it's probably got one of the most memorable endings in horror movie history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I watched that one recently, and it was. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was what it was. Like it. It wasn't. It, it wasn't awful but it was you know it's, it's all right you know it's definitely <laughs> it, it could it could have been benefited by a bigger budget or yeah. or the script being and have another pass over a mm-hmm. pass through but uh <laughs> i think it says what it's one of those movies where the high def ruins it because it gives away because they try to make it set up like that ricky is the killer mm. when it's actually angela yeah. But there is a scene where they, where they, the, it's the uh, curling iron kill mm. where they showed the killer standing in the doorway with a, but on the high definition, you could tell it's Ricky with a wig on. So it kind of ruined the, it ruined the red herring. <laughs> I go, oh, thanks, high def. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, uh. Thanks, 1080p HD. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. You <laughs> just ruined it right there. <laughs> it's like it's like when you watch Batman '89 now, and you can see when you get that first Joker reveal, and how he how that white makeup and the purple on Jack Nicholson's neck just stands out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember you wanted to do an episode on like movies you can't make anymore. I definitely think Superboy can't. You couldn't make anymore just because of like look at the the pederast. Uh, counselors and the cooks and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Unless uh, unless you kind of did something, I don't. I don't even know how you would do that now, but <laughs> I don't well, think it prob- could be prob- done. Probably don't. <laughs> yeah, just just don't go there. <laughs> um. So you you mentioned off Mike that you had one first time viewing this year that was disappointing for you. You want to talk about it real quick? Yeah, um, and it was actually one that it was a first time viewing for you as well, um, and it was that summer of '84. Uh. I I mean, I I was kind of expecting a little bit more out of it. I don't know, like, it was it was alright for a watch, I don't feel like I wasted my time with it, I don't, you know, I think it was a, uh, you know, a, a decent enough film, but, I don't know, there's something, something missing with it, or something, I don't know, it just needed to be something else, and it just wasn't there, and I don't know what it was, but that's where I was kind of disappointed with it, where I was sort of like, hmm... <laughs> I don't I don't know like how to feel about the film but yeah it, it wasn't one that was that was in my highlights of of uh first time viewings in my scarathon. Well 
this is a little spoilery for a later discussion, but it it was one I actually it's it's one of the ones I'm going to mention today that I really enjoyed, and um, I was actually talking about it with our friend Mikey at work the other day. Um, like how how many movies it gets compared to, mm. and The Goonies is like a popular one that it gets compared to. Um, it was Melissa said it reminded you said it reminded you of Stranger Things. I'm like I'm like what are you nuts? <laughs> <laughs> Until I explained it, <laughs> it's like the kids on kids who are curious. They're on bikes. You get see that in Stranger Things. It's got the you know they're. Like it's just they're all the kids are all different where they get themselves into something and that's kind of where I I got like Stranger Things from was was that not obviously it's not Stranger Things like nothing you know touches that but it was just that's where I was getting the, those vibes from like yeah it's like a little bit Stranger Things but yeah I could see Goonies as well like just kids on an adventure or whatever and. You know, getting themselves into something, but uh, yeah. Mike, Mike and I were discussing at work. We don't really think it. We can see why it gets compared to like Goonies or Stand by Me or Monster Squad, where it's those group of kids together. But they don't really. But in this movie, they don't really go on an adventure or no, anything. Not it's really. All just secluded to their neighborhood. Yeah. Well, we'll only talk about the film in here in a little bit more in depth i have a better comparison for it but um but it just seems like now with stranger things right now since that's essentially based off of all those 80s movie 80s tropes like of the kids doing together so i could see why you would make i can respectfully accept why you think it was like um stranger or like it was stranger things because it's being compared it's a trope to the goonies and all other stuff yeah. So that's yeah. Or or the new it movies. It's so people in Mike me and Mikey's generation, when we think of that kind of eighty stuff, we think we look back to Goonies and Stand by Me and all those. Mm-hmm. And for example, your generation probably look at the new it movies or the younger generations too look to Stranger Things or the new it movies where it's a group of yeah. kids taking this thing on. But it's Yeah. Completely I mean, different. Like, yeah. And I mean, like, you know, I have seen, you know, I've seen the Goonies and, and Stand By Me and all those kind of those 80s movies where you have the group of kids doing something. And, and like, I guess, like, I think it's just mostly, yeah, with the group of kids is where these people, where people are getting that, oh, that's like that or it's like this, just to kind of uh, compare it to something. But it's definitely not, you know, it's definitely not any of those things, too, because it's. They're they're not really going on an adventure. It's just one kid who's really interested in this one guy because he's got, you know, questionable behavior going on, and it just seems weird to him. So, you know, but yeah. Well, how about how about we just I'll I'll just mention one of mine right now. Uh, one of my favorite ones. That, so we'll just keep the discussion rolling on it since we're already on the subject. Yeah. Um, one of the ones I enjoyed for my first time viewing was Summer of 84. And uh, we were talking about all these comparisons. And I think it was Guy Guy and Jeremy were talking about how it's like Goonies meets Rear Window. Yeah, I but, saw uh, that. Uh, but I compared it more to Fright Night. Uh, at least mm-hmm. the remake of Fright Night where this boy is convinced that his neighbor played by Colin Farrell is a vampire. 
if I have, I can't remember if I've seen the original Fright Night or not with Chris Sarandon from 85, I believe it is. Um, if I have, I haven't seen it in a while, but uh, that's what it reminded me of that paranoia and suspicion. Mm. And what I alluded to a few minutes ago is how I, the comparison I thought of it was, uh, you know, how Christopher Nolan, his Batman trilogy, how it set Batman in a more realistic world. Um, mm-hmm. That's how I felt summer of 84 was. It's like, it's almost like Christopher Nolan says, I'm going to take fright night, but based more in reality. So instead of the, this kid being suspicious that his neighbor is a vampire, he's suspicious that his neighbor is the serial killer. That's, at large. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so. I could see that. Definitely. I think that that's a better, honestly, a better comparison because yeah, it's that, that real life, um, you know, yeah, I could see that. Definitely. And I think you talked about, did you say it was kind of predictable to you? Summary of 84? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit where I, I kind of saw where things were going. Um, the one thing I kind of liked, like, I, I liked, but I also knew, and there was a point where it was predictable, where they were all like, oh, well, things are good and whatever, and you know, and it's like, no, there's more shit coming. Like, there's something else that's going to happen. It's going to continue. It's not over yet. And that's kind of where... I, I kind of predicted what, like, okay, yeah, you're setting it up as, oh, it's all rainbows and ponies, but no, it's not. It's going to continue on to something else, and it did. And so, yeah, um, yeah, a tiny bit predictable, but but I did enjoy it, though. Like, for, for what it was, it was it was a, a decent watch. Um you know, it may be, it might be worth another watch. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe watch Fright Night first, then watch yeah. this. Have a better appreciation for it. But um, I kind of had the opposite reaction. I did say like I could see where you say that because like when they they revealed that he is the serial killer, I looked down like oh, there's still 20 minutes left. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> so there's more coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh. But there was times I thought something was going to happen, but it didn't. Like um, the big cat, I can't remember his name. Um, he was my favorite character too, so I was so sad that he died in the movie. But uh-huh. when they're down in the basement with that the, with that girl, mm-hmm. and with the with his dad's video camera, I was so convinced that he was going to drop the camera, and he was. <laughs> <laughs> when the water heater kicked down, like, oh, he's going to drop the camera and the camera's going to break and they're not going to have any proof or he's going to be in deep shit with his dad. <laughs> and it didn't happen. So I guess it's, like, it's one thing I predicted I'd, that went wrong. And I think one thing me and you agreed on about the, with the movie is how um, I, already, I can't remember the character's name anymore. Um, the neighbor, he keeps Davey alive instead of killing him because he wants mm-hmm. to plant that fear in him like I'm coming back for you, but I want you to every day you're going to be thinking about this until the day I come back for you. Mm-hmm. It's so much worse than killing him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I thought that was good. I, I like that, that it wasn't just, it was, it would be too obvious a, a direction to go if it was to kill him or, 
whatever, or the or the kids would end up killing him or something like that, you know. Um. So yeah, I I I like that that it was like okay, he's just gonna play up on fear and kind of psychologically screw with him for however long, you know. So yeah, I I like that. I like that part. Oh, so that was a nice little homage to the 80s and it's one of those things that does the 80s right too mm-hmm. absolutely like it, it's not it's it's realistic to like kind of a, a more realistic representation of the 80s and not just over the top you know and uh yeah i prefer that when when you're a little bit more realistic of the of the time period it's like okay this makes it you know, you're, you're taking it seriously and, you know, you're, you're setting it up, so. Oh. Well, and it, it's, the, the key to that is subtlety. Mm-hmm. Right now, the, 80, the the 80s are popular right now. Um, Absolutely. For example, if you look at this or Stranger Things or the new It films um, that take place in the 80s, it does a much better job of reference in the 80s than, like, for example, you watch The Wedding Singer with Adam Sandler. Or you watch, uh, there's this movie called Take Me Home Tonight, uh, which is they just beat you over the head with 80s references. Mm-hmm. But, uh, for example, you look at the It movies, and you have like the Beetlejuice and Gremlins posters in the background, or Batman 89, the marquee, in the movie theater in the background. Subtle stuff like that works so much better. Or like on Stranger Things, when Eleven's flipping through the channels in season one, like He-Man pops up on TV or something like that, so... Mm-hmm. Keeping it keeping it sort of like that, and I what I think I liked about Summer of '84 is like they had like a like a nerdy like the two friends getting like a nerdy discussion about Return of the Jedi, like that was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It was it's a it's a decent film for for what it is, but uh, yeah. I, I was I was a little bit a little bit disappointed with it, so that was one of mine that was, yeah, not the not the highlight of mine. <laughs> That's why menus have restaurants. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, so what's a what's a film you've enjoyed so far in a first time viewing? Um, one of the films that I really enjoyed, and it was a. Uh, first time viewing and somebody I, I honestly still can't remember who had who had recommended the film to me because they had kind of mentioned it in conversation or whatever and and it was um it was the start of my my scarathon because I was actually waiting uh till October 1st because I was like no I'm not gonna you know fucks with traditions <laughs> not even at Easter <laughs> but I was like ah, I'll just start it so my first one was uh, In the Mouth of Madness. And I freaking loved it. I thought it was really well done and the story was great. And just, um, you know, I loved how it was, you know, it ended up that his, that the like main character's life was basically written in the book. And everything that's happening is being written as he goes along. And it's just, I love that so much. Um, so yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed, uh, enjoyed that one. Um, that's the, 
That's the only part of the end of the world trilogy I haven't seen yet. But it sounds like mm. I'm willing to bet it's probably Guy that recommended that one to you. Maybe. Maybe Guy, him. Guy, I, Guy is a pretty big fan of uh, Carpenter's End of the World trilogy. Yeah. I know he, well, I don't know if it was. I think it was before. Because I, uh, I know Guy, he recommended Prince of Darkness. That was oh, one that, that he said I had to watch. That so one's good. I think it, I think it might have been, I don't know. Maybe it was him at some point. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, um, I I really enjoyed it. It's uh it's a very good movie. Yeah, it it wasn't. To... Hmm? Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> I I didn't know like I I, I kind of went in it just clean slate because I was just like sort of not sure what to expect out of it, and um, it really yeah it was uh it's a good one. <laughs> I, I still haven't seen it yet, so I need to get around that. Isn't it on? Is it on Shutter right now? I don't think so. I know, like I've bought. Uh, I actually bought the physical copy without actually seeing it. It was like, oh, somebody recommended. It. I need to get it. And so I I bought the movie and then I, I watched it. So I don't know. It it may be on. American Shutter? I don't know. Certainly not on mine. <laughs> um, I don't what's know. What's the difference to... between What's the difference between Canadian Shutter and American Shutter? A couple extra U's. <laughs> <laughs> Better movie, more more movies actually. Should Shadour. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think you'd like that one. It's uh, it's a good, it's good, and also like the the series of books, um, in the in the movie too, they make people go crazy, like absolutely nuts. So it's uh, yeah, it's that plus then the main character, um, you know, investigating uh, stories of, like behind all the stuff happening and. Yeah, so I think you'll re- you'd really enjoy it. Well, it's a Carpenter film, so you can't go wrong. No, you can't. <laughs> I think I've only seen two Carpenter films so far this year for my scarathon, and I'll be talking about one of them here in a minute. It was the first time viewing, but uh, <laughs> I've, yeah, the only parts of the End of the World trilogy I've seen are the Thing and. Uh, Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness is like a real slow burn, but it's pretty good still. Yeah. I didn't really I mean, I enjoyed it, but I I didn't really get into it as much. Like if I, if I were to like rank his films, it would be The Thing, number 1, and then number 2 In the Mouth of Madness and then 3 Prince of Darkness. Cuz it just I don't know. It, it was it's it's good... all right. It's a good slow burn. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I always have a hard time trying to... Well, that end of the world trilogy, I don't know, but I always have a hard time trying to find my favorite John Carpenter film. Like, well, maybe it's... It's always like a three-way tie between The Thing, Halloween, and They Live. I'm like, Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I can't... I can't pick one. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard and then sometimes you just throw oh christine's always in the usually in the top five for carpenter movies too mm. 
Ja, untergegangen. <lacht> yeah, I've been there for years trying to figure out what's the, the good ones or like the, your number one. And it's like, no, it just wouldn't happen. <lacht> well, well, if you want, we well, if you want, we can keep the Carpenter train rolling here. I'll say another one I've viewed for the first time during the Scarathon was John Carpenter's Body Bags. Oh, I love that. Oh, <laughs> the one that what was it? which one it was uh oh god it's one of the i can't remember the name of it right now but one of the 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 episodes whatever really eked me out <laughs> it's like oh well our friend our friend of the show mikey he was he just at the, at the time of this recording he just watched body bags for the first time himself yesterday yeah. And I was texting him while while he was watching it. I go, yeah, I really, I go, I really love the first segment, the gas station, mm. and then the second one. Eh. And I did enjoy the third one with Mark Hamill. Yeah. But I think one thing I love the most though about it is uh, how charismatic John Carpenter is as the mortician guy. Like he is. Right? Like John Carpenter is really funny in that role. He is. Like all of, all of his. Melissa Nicholson, Tim Rooney style puns that he's dropping <laughs> in between all. <laughs> yeah. But I, I really enjoyed the first segment, the gas station, just because of how many big names in it. And plus we get one of our, our nerd ambassador gods, uh, Robert Carradine, AKA Lewis. Revenge <laughs> 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 of nerds. Uh, is, so, spoilers playing a, a a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I did love like all the cameos too that are in that segment too because random Wes Craven just showing up to buy cigarettes. Um and David Naughton from American Wolf in London. Yep. And then Farmer Fran from The Water Boy. And uh Tom Atkins mm-hmm. showing up <laughs> like just a <laughs> Great star-studded first segment, and um, if I'm not mistaken, didn't John Carpenter he directed the first he he directed the first and second segments? Um, yeah. I didn't too, I didn't care too much for the hair one, the second one. I just thought it was kind of a yeah that one I didn't get into, but it also eked me out the hair one. It was just like oh I don't know <laughs> that that one was kind of. But but I definitely like the the first and the, and the last one. Um, yeah, really good. I, uh, I think we're, I, I like Mark Hamill's performance more than anything in the mm. third one. Like I had the plot was a little wonky, and that one was directed by the that one was directed by the late Toby Hooper, who did Texas Chainsaw Massacre and a bunch of other horror classics. Um, I thought the yeah. plot was a little weird, but I still really enjoyed Hamill's performance. Mhm. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Uh, it's fun. <laughs> and this is like what ninety. I want to say this came out what early nineties, like what ninety three. So they're right in the prime of Mark Hamill Joker too. So yeah, you can hear a little bit yeah. of that Joker in the voice too. A little bit, yeah. And yep, ninety three. I just looked it up. <laughs> My friends are right. I am a walking IMDb. You are. 
That's me when it comes to uh, to Doctor Who. <laughs> it was <laughs> mini mini side tangent. It's a friend of oh, mine. We got to ruin post- our streak. We got to get we got to get I Lisa know. on here. <laughs> <laughs> I had uh, straighten the ship. It, it relates to anyway. Um, I posted uh, a Doctor Who quote um, because there was an article about. David Tennant being named the best doctor. And um, and so the person had commented and with a quote, and it was a really long quote, and I was like, oh, that's from... I, I was like, oh, I can't remember it, but I was like, oh, this is from the episode Family of Blood, and it was from, like, from season two, and da, da, da. and But I don't think it's that episode. I don't think it was the title. So I looked it up, I'm like, yep. <laughs> I was right. What else is new? So that was funny. So yeah, I'm I'm a walking encyclopedia right now when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah. But yet I but yet I stumped you in all those Doctor Who questions last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't know everything. <laughs> so <clears throat> what's another movie you enjoyed so far in your scarathon? Um, I really liked and it was one that my friend uh Tim Woolworth uh recommended I watch and it was from another he commented on another movie I was watching and he said, Watch this one and it's a movie called The Void and it's uh it's a Canadian uh independent film and it's very much like very much like the thing where you've got this creature you you don't like you're dealing with and you know they're dealing with with like with fire and all this kind of stuff but it's um it starts out with these cloaked cult-like figures they trap a police officer patients and staffers inside a hospital and apparently it's his gateway to evil. And they they basically it's um some of the, the characters they they turn into like these little gooey creature things and um yeah, and then it, it and then it ends up like they they're in the basement of the of the hospital and it's like this kind of dungeon y looking thing and yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, um, but, uh, the, like the tension and is like right from the start, like it just grabs you and doesn't let go until like the very end. And, uh, it's, it's a, it was really, really good. And apparently it was, it was done for, they did it, made it for 80,000 bucks and they used all practical effects. Like the whole film, I'm like the way God intended. Yeah, <laughs> but it was there were some parts of it where seriously, that's practical effects. Like how the hell did they do that? Like it honestly looked like CG or something. Like, but apparently it was all practical effects, and it was like wow. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, you've got you know great set of characters and. Um, it was a really great movie. 
Um, it's actually on, I think it's on Amazon, Amazon Prime. I think it's on there. Um, but, uh, yeah, really, really good movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, definitely very, like, Carpenter-inspired. Like, just from how it's set up to the music to, like, just, oh, the, the creature thing. So you can see where they get probably inspired from the thing. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that was that was, that was was one of my first time views. And it was a hi- big highlight of, of my viewings. That's great. Uh, that, that, somehow, maybe I probably just from looking on your page that I probably heard of the void. I thought I heard of the void, but I'll have to look for it. Some other some other uh, streaming service because I don't have Prime at all. Mm. It should be. It's got to be somewhere. Uh, <laughs> well, I, well, I need to get Prime, I need to get Prime because they're supposed to be doing Amazon's supposed to be doing like a reboot of the uh, the kids in the hall with the original cast. So. I'll support your fellow Canadians by watching that show because if you remember, that's my favorite show of all time is Kids in the Hall. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it was it was hilarious when I was watching the movie. Though they go into uh, whatever what, a room in the hospital, and there's in the background there's a like a fire escape sign, like oh if you hear the fire alarm. Uh, you know, you go here, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I didn't realize it was a Canadian independent film until I, I out of all the things, I was like, is it? I saw that sign and I'm like, is that film in Canada? And I looked it up and I'm like, it was. <laughs> it's just, it's like a sign you just see in a lot of buildings here and obviously like you know, around Canada, I'm like, huh? I don't know. Maybe you see them in the states too. I don't know, but it was just like Canadian to me, and I'm just like, and yeah, it was uh, filmed in Sault Ste. Marie. Oh. Well, usually I pick up on movies being independent Canadian films by accent slips. Mm. Uh, one was uh, Jack Brooks Monster Slayer, and uh, I had no idea that it was Canadian until. I heard somebody drop a story. <laughs> like, like, oh, the Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> then I watched it behind the scenes. Like, yeah, it was filmed in Toronto. I think it was filmed in Toronto. Mm. <laughs> well, well, plus, plus nowadays a lot of things get filmed up in Canada anyway because it's they can get around the Screen Actors Guild stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So usually it's either Vancouver or Toronto where things get filmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, even Jason Takes Manhattan is filmed in uh, Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people have said they should just uh, rename it like Jason Takes Vancouver or something. Because <laughs> I guess it's I like I've never been to Vancouver, so it fooled me. Like I don't know what Vancouver looks like. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently it, 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 it looks a lot like Central City on the Flash. <laughs> or Capital City from Supergirl. Yeah. <laughs> or or Star City from Arrow. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so what was what was another uh, favorite of yours? Uh, I only picked one more that I really enjoyed, and um, it was probably a bit lower on my spectrum. Like it was still enjoyable, and it's but it's been my top ten for the year. If we get to do our top ten movies of twenty twenty, if we can scrape it to ten movies, um, <laughs> yeah, it was a. Uh, we Summon the Darkness, uh, starring uh, uh, Johnny Knoxville, is in it. He plays a, uh, a pastor in it, a reverend in it, if you can believe that. But then again, I, <laughs> I, own, a, I own a movie from like 1985 called Trick or Treat, not to be confused with Trick or Treat oh, that came yeah, out. In a, I know, I've seen that movie. Trick or Treat, yeah, with Ozzy Osbourne playing a pastor in it. <laughs> but yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, We Summon the Darkness also has... Uh, I always forget her name, Alexandra, Alexandra Daddario. And you might not know her name, but you know her by, once you look at her, you'll know who she is. Cause you get those, the best blue eyes ever. I think they're blue. She had the most captivating eyes ever in like Hollywood history. Uh, she was in, uh, First time I saw her was in an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where she got to make out with Charlie Day. So it's like one of the many times I've always wanted to be Charlie Day in my life. <laughs> but she was also in, uh, I want to say it was just Texas Chainsaw. It was one of the more recent Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. I want to say it was Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. Texas where she, Chainsaw where she, in, from 2013. Yeah, that's the one. I think that's one of the last ones I actually liked, because I'm I'm in the I'm in the camp that doesn't really care for the remake from 2003. I like the original better from '74, but uh, or '75. I mean, I was '74. Yeah, '74. Um, yeah, but I, I had a hard time. I I saw the cover art, the DVD for uh, We Some of the Darkness at Walmart down here in. I'm very picky about buying things sight unseen because I've been burned before. Like, for mm. example, Hey Arnold, the Jungle Movie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so when I found it was on Netflix, I gave it a watch. And it's a movie that takes place back in the 80s. But I had a hard time trying to compare it to something. It was more like, um, you ever seen like a horror movie called Funny Games? No, it's 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 a lot like the strangers. Have you ever seen the strangers? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the strangers is supposed to be based off of true events. It's these these, this couple that essentially gets taken hostage by these random killers, and the only reason why the killers came into their house is because they were home. Oh. And uh, but the funny games I saw about. To maybe 10 years ago at this point I saw it um, where these like two rich preppy kids take a family hostage and they torture them and kill them and stuff um, it's very similar uh, we some of the darkness is these three girls are going on the road they're going to a heavy metal concert they're on the road and they meet these three guys at the concert and they invite them back uh, to Alexander Dario's dad's house and um there's a strain of killings going on throughout the country. They're trying to say it's like a satanic cult because it's like the 
ritual and how the killings are done. And it says, we summon the darkness and they make it look like satanic killings. Turns out that the three girls are part of this church. And they're the ones doing the murders. And they set it up. So now the so all these people go to the church looking for answers and stuff and donate money to the church and everything. And, and spoiler, Alexander Dario is Johnny Knoxville's daughter in the movie. And it's like all his master plan. So mm. it's pretty entertaining. It's got a good balance of horror and comedy in it. So I highly recommend it. I didn't spoil too much. It's on Netflix also. Okay. It, yeah. it made my... I made my top ten for 2020 so far. I made I put it towards the bottom because it was good, but wasn't the best I've seen. I wasn't so I wasn't su- super disappointed in it, but uh, I was entertained. Yeah, and I think that's that's usually most important. As long as you are entertained, you're good to go. <laughs> another, yeah, another one of the, another one of the girls in the movie is from Hellfest and. That came out last year or two years ago. I wasn't a huge fan of Hellfest when it came out. So the only thing I would probably mark on with some of the darknesses that you have Johnny next Knoxville was one of your lead actors in the movie, but he's he's not he's not in the movie very much. Mm. Like you see him right away at the beginning, and you see him again at the end. Though, so, so most of the film goes around these three girls and the guys they take hostage yeah okay yeah that sounds pretty neat i'll have to find that somewhere so it's probably much like the kind of like the babysitter in a way i haven't seen that one either <laughs> you haven't seen the babysitter no <laughs> as much as you love samara weaving you haven't seen the babysitter <laughs> no <laughs> I just saw that for the first time a couple of weeks, uh, about a month ago, and it's good. It, 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 there's some interesting choices made in the film. Um, <laughs> as far as like editing and stuff, but it's good. Yeah. Uh, Robbie Amell is in it, too. Robbie Amell. I, I talk about this with Mikey. Go, Robbie Amell is so fucking hilarious in this movie. <laughs> like Everybody talks about Samara Weaving, how amazing she is in the movie, which she is. But no, I don't. I don't think Robbie of Mel gets the credit he deserves for this movie because he's just so fucking funny in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the prequel yet. Uh, I don't know if it's a prequel or a sequel. Uh, the Babysitter, Killer Queen. Yeah, I think it's a sequel. I think so. Yeah, I've seen it mentioned around a few times. I think it may be on. Is it on Shutter? I think it's a Netflix original. Oh, okay. It just dropped like a month or two ago. It's it's fairly new. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't, well, I have to, maybe, well, if it's on Netflix, yeah. I don't have Netflix at the moment, so. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll have to find a way to check it out at some point. So what's another film you've enjoyed so far? Um, another one that I really enjoyed was <laughs> going back to a John Carpenter film. <laughs> um, was They Live? Oh, such a good movie. Yeah that that one was that one was really good. I actually I was uh I just stumbled upon that one because I was looking for 
I think it was Prince of Darkness I was looking for, and then I saw like they live like right next to it. I'm like, I need to get that. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah, it was it was really good. Um, I I enjoyed it. I I didn't know like with all films, like I didn't know what to expect out of it, but uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's fun. You finally put the glasses on, huh? I did. I put the glasses on. <laughs> I mean, I have glasses on right now, but other glasses. <laughs> the, the glasses. <laughs> uh, they Live is a really good film. They should probably essentially change it to America in a nutshell. be a more proper title for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I really like the, you know, the fact that, like, yeah, the aliens are inhabiting Earth, but then they're to disguise themselves as humans. And yeah, and then you put the glasses on, and it's like, oh, like all these different signs and stuff, and just really cool. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Carpenter, Carpenter, I think it was a, supposed to be a uh, Carpenter's answer to Reaganism or Reaganomics back in the 80s. Mm. Uh, so that was like his uh, rebel, rebellion's like the right term to use, but. His way of, I guess, acting out against Reaganism, Reaganomics, back in the eighties. Um, it's, it's such a good film, and it, it, it it's almost terrifying. I think the most terrifying thing about the whole film is how accurate it is now. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I thought about that too, and it's like, yeah, that's that's pretty scary <laughs> when you really think about it when you're watching it, and it's like, yep. <laughs> using, it's you, me and Mikey just say put the glasses on <laughs> we're gonna hear me and Mikey say consume consume stay asleep <laughs> obey yep <laughs> yeah so yeah that was that was another um another favorite of mine um that was uh, a great movie it's so good. It's good. And it, I'm a huge uh, Roddy Roddy Piper fan too, and he just nails it in that movie too. Mm. That iconic fight scene between him and Keith David. Yeah. I think he originally wanted Kurt Russell to play Roddy Piper's role too. I could Which, see that. Yeah, but now you look back at now, but, Roddy Piper just seems more fitting. Yeah, like like I could like I said like I can see it, but. It wouldn't have worked as well. Well, then I think by that point he'd worked with John so much that I think they wanted that little bit of separation. Yeah. Because he did yeah. what at that point by that time he did Escape from New York, Big Trouble in Little China, and uh, the thing. Mm-hmm. So probably he wanted that they wanted to get a little separation between Kurt and John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. But I would I would never say no to a, a Kurt Russell movie. Another no. Kurt Russell movie in the world. No. No. World needs more of that. <laughs> well, we're getting Santa Claus Chronicles 2. Oh, that's pretty good. I still I haven't even seen the first one. It was one that I meant to see, but... It's okay. Uh, I Just to see it, just, you know. <laughs> well, okay. We've got the cheer coming up here in a couple weeks. I'm sure that's yeah. going to be starting November 1st. 
<laughs> yep. Probably. Sure guy, guys probably already got 50 movies watched for the cheerathon already, too. Oh, probably. Yeah, he's got like what? <laughs> almost 70 or over 70 films now he's watched for Scarecrow. At, at, at the time of this recording, he's in the mid 70s. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm he at like a... 25, I think now. I'm at 16 just because I fell off. Yeah. Although like uh, I haven't I haven't watched any more than that. Well, Mikey told me he was he, Mikey started his scarathon. He said he was going well, I watch horror movies every day. So he said I was gonna be a smart ass in the real fans page and put scarathon number one thousand so and so. Like you're gonna kick guy into overdrive. Yeah. Guy's gonna be like, no, that's fuck that. I'm gonna get like <laughs> 3005 or something. <laughs> well, you hear that episode of Real Fans when Jamie said he was ahead of Milks for a couple hours and he woke yeah. up and Guy was ahead of him again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I think really? I'm, I might be ditching my, my Scarathon and going into uh, uh, the watch and draw in horror, but. I'll well, you, prom- can still I'll... you can still count those as your scarathon, though. I you're guess still so, watching. Yeah. You're still watching them. That's true. Yeah, maybe. So it won't be my first one. It'll be like number something. I don't know. Wherever I'm at now, I think I left off at 25. So. I really, I really think I lost count. I think I was up to 16. I think the last one I watched was uh, the burning. Oh which yeah. Is the, How is? Which is another first time viewing for me too. How is that movie? I have it on my watch list on Shutter. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, not worth a watch. <laughs> it's worth the watch, um, but it's not like Oscar winning. It's, it's very well, nineteen eighty one. This is the movie that uh, Tom Savini picked over Friday the Thirteenth Part Two to work on. Mm. Um, it's very much a cheesy slasher. Uh, very, very, very cheesy. And <laughs> I, I often make the joke that um, the Weinstein's are all over this movie. Like it's a Weinstein production. Like Harvey Weinstein helped, either helped write it or produce it or whatever. And when you see, um, you hear some of the dialogue from the male characters in this movie. It's definitely a Weinstein project. Like, ugh, this doesn't age well 35 years later with all the trouble Harvey's in right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, maybe maybe I'll keep putting off watching well, it. Then. <laughs> I'd say watch it. Like, it's, it's, it's very much of the time. It's, mm. it's an 80s slasher flick that takes place at a camp. So it's yeah. much like... It's much like Sleepaway Camp or Friday the Thirteenth, the original Friday the Thirteenth, or yeah, like that's that. kind of what I thought it was going to be like, like something like that. So, okay, it is what yeah. it is. Yeah, I uh, could see Jason Alexander with hair in it if you can believe that. <laughs> I can't, but <laughs> when I do see it, I'll probably be like, "Holy cow!" Well, he's he like young hair. in the movie too. What? He's like young in the movie too. Oh wow! 
because this came out in what eighty one. So you got to think they got you got to think they filmed it what seventy nine or eighty. So mm. probably closer to eighty because uh, Savini was doing the first Friday the Thirteenth in seventy nine. So yeah, it, it, like that's said, the biggest thing is like it's got the Weinstein name all over it. Which I got uh, it. You could tell from like some of the dialogue and the guys, like the kind of, well, it's guys being guy, teenage boys being teenage boys, but like uh, definitely a Weinstein movie. <laughs> Knowing <laughs> what we know about Harvey now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. I def- if you like, well, you know me, my favorite type of horror movies are the slashers so yeah it was a it was an easy pick for me to watch i've heard about the burnings i'm like yeah fuck yeah i'll watch it yeah like right there and so right on american shutter <laughs> no it's it's on it's on my shutter as well so um but yeah i'll, I'll have to give it a watch it's on there because i thought like i just i've been picking some movies like putting them on my watch list and and that one came up, and I thought, oh, that sounds pretty interesting, and kind of like a, you know, Friday the 13th sleepaway camp kind of thing. So I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm cool with that. So, yeah. And, like, I, I've come to really like slasher movies, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of up my alley. I, I, I just have a special spot in my heart for those cheesy slasher films. Mm-hmm. They're not Oscar movies by any but- no. By any means, but they're so damn entertaining to watch sometimes. And practical oh, yeah. effects galore, too. Oh, yeah. Awesome. It's a Tom yeah. Savini effect movie, too. So, or he did the effects for this one, too. So, yeah. When it comes to practical effects, you can't go wrong with Tom Savini. Nope. You can't at all. What's What's another film you've enjoyed so far? Um, and this is uh, this is actually my last one out of my list. Um, Bride of Frankenstein. It was one that, one. yeah, I I really liked it. It was one that, like, I've got, um, like Universal Monsters collection, and um, like I've got Frankenstein and the Wolfman. I think I have Dracula as well. Um. But it was one that I hadn't seen at all. I was like, I don't know how I managed that. But I think because, like, it's also uh, in with... Um, it's part of the the Wolfman collection. So, like, I've mostly been watching the Wolfman from that DVD set. So I finally said, you know what? It's going to be part of my Scarathon, and, and I'm going to watch it. And I, I really liked it. There was There was a few moments where it's, like... Mel Brooks creeps into my head, young Frankenstein, and I'm just like, are you stealing this from Guy and Tim from their episode of Please Rewind of Bride of Frankenstein? It yeah. seems like that's where, that's where a lot of Mel Brooks' references come from, is probably from this film. Yeah. Uh, like I had actually, I listened to that episode and then I, I was like, uh, then I watched the movie cause I hadn't seen it. And yeah, <laughs> you, you definitely see where Mel Brooks took from and he mostly took from like from Bride of Frankenstein. Absolutely. A little bit of, cause I also watched Frankenstein as well for the first time. And I think and, he took uh, some from Son of Frankenstein too. Oh yeah. Or I haven't it's either seen that son, one. It's either Son of Frankenstein or. 
House of Frankenstein. I want to say it was Son of Frankenstein, which is the was the next one. Or Ghost of Frankenstein. Yeah. yeah. I've got I think I, I've got House of Frankenstein and I think I may have Son of Frankenstein. I'm not sure what's I can't remember what's part of that collection, but uh yeah. But yeah, you you definitely see where my books took from and it's just <laughs> It, it kind of it. I I remember Guy saying that the one of the scenes it kind of taints like knowing Young Frankenstein. It kind of taints the the scene and sort of the meaning and the behind it and all that. But you you know you you still get the you know the impact from it and whatever. But it, it does taint it a little bit when you you know you've seen Young Frankenstein and it just turns out just becomes funny so <laughs> but but i definitely i liked it a lot better than frankenstein i felt like this one was just a little bit i felt like frankenstein was really kind of a lot of fluff and like things happening and then bride of frankenstein seemed to be a little bit more like a little bit more serious and straightforward in its story and and characters and all that and yeah, I really enjoyed it. So, yeah. I don't know. I I watched Bride for the first time. I thought one go either, just because I don't have. I need to. I need to get the official collection of all the Universal Monster movies. I have. I have uh, downloaded copies of. So I have Frankenstein, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Invisible Man, Wolfman, Dracula, and Bride of Frankenstein now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I've I've I it for the first time this year. I think I like it more than the first Frankenstein. I do like I know Frankenstein's in my top five. I don't know where I'd put Bride on there. I'd probably put Bride maybe at number four because Wolfman's yeah. my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I'd put I like in my list I would put Bride of Frankenstein above Frankenstein. Um but that's just me. <laughs> oh, it's funny is cause and people like you always see, uh, so like it's almost sort of like how people say, Oh, I want a relationship like Harley and Joker. P.S. Mm. No, you don't. <laughs> it's like same thing goes for the mo- same thing goes for the monster and the bride. The bride doesn't like the monster. No, so get, like, there's a lot of misconception there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. It, I do, and it's, the film is so iconic. I do love it. it. It, the bride herself is iconic, even though you don't get to see her for very long in the film either. It's probably why they gave that actress. I can't remember the actress's name right now off the top of my head, but that's why she's also in the, she's also in the beginning of the movie as Mary Shelley at the beginning of the film. Yeah. The funny thing is, uh, I I heard this on Disorder when they're talking about the Aristocats. And uh, the original idea to play, they're going to have the evil butler be played by Boris Karloff. And they were going to have another maid to help him was going to be the woman that played the bride. <laughs> but that fell through. I was like, it was, but that, or it was in the original works. Like, that would have been cool. That would have been, yeah. Aw, that would have been awesome. It sucks that it didn't work out. But yeah, these things happen, I guess. But. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that that was uh, those were my my highlights of of the scarathon so far. 
Um, yeah, I really wanted to make this one my mission to see a lot of like first, like have a lot of first time views and just be like, okay, this is what, you know, I haven't seen these. Now I, had, I have no more excuses. <laughs> I'm going to watch <laughs> these, damn it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's been good for my, my first time. So. Thank God for Shutter and Netflix. It makes it so much easier because I can I look through all my movies I have on my shelf. I'm like, um, oh, this one. Oh, I want to save this one for closer to Halloween. And yeah. No, no. <laughs> like I've been, I've been actually pretty strict with with my uh, Halloween films. Like my, I've been mostly doing like your horror films, and then I'm keeping like, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas, Paranorman. Uh, Hocus Pocus from closer to Halloween because those are your really Halloween Halloweeny movies so I'm kind of say I'm saving those for for closer to or maybe I'll watch them even on Halloween we'll see but uh, but for for the most part I'm stay sticking with horror films so because <laughs> Yeah. Those ones don't I've, really had a, I've, I've, I've had a few <laughs> I've had a few horror comedies on my list like Otis and um couple other ones i'm gonna throw tucker and dale on there eventually too that was for mine uh, near the beginning of my scarathon i love that movie <laughs> so good it is <laughs> uh, there's another one uh you should watch um it's called cottage country okay and it's got tyler labine in it who plays a uh, dale uh-huh and uh, it's got McMurray, uh, McMurray in it too. Oh jeez! <laughs> got that piece of shit. <laughs> oh, and speaking of like McMurray, and then like oh Letterkenny, um, the actor who plays Roald in Letterkenny, he's in The Void. Plays who? In that. He plays. Um, what a character in Letterkenny? Did yeah, I hear that. And he, what the hell is his name? Rolled? Oh, rolled. Yeah. Okay, rolled. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, there was there was a few moments where I'm like, I really wish there was a character named Stuart. Stuart. <laughs> 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 But there, there isn't. But it was like, oh, I wish. <laughs> that would have been so funny. <laughs> that that poor guy. I'm sure he probably gets that all the time now. He's walking on the street. <laughs> probably, yeah. Some random person recognizes him and start. <laughs> just like if somebody sees the guy that plays McMurray and just calls him a piece of shit when he's <laughs> in the street, <laughs> or the guy that plays Dixon gets called Dickskin. I bet all the time. Oh, <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> That's why I said I said Dixon. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. like back. It's kind of like back in the eighties when Ghostbusters came out, and the guy that played Walter Peck got called Dickless and shit all the time. been funny if people sent him uh, fruit baskets <laughs> in that scene. And I'm going to send him a nice fruit basket. I'm going to miss him. <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> I like your um, water container. <laughs> a very inspired choice. <laughs> For those who can't see, we've got we've each got a Batman uh, water container. <laughs> Blunder bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, except I took the shaker ball out because I'm not trying to get any sweet gains, brah. No, nope. it's just for Neither water. Yep, yep. I mostly use it for for juice and water, and that's it. I don't do stupid kale protein shake bullshit. There's <laughs> <laughs> this protein protein way creatine, brah. Get those get those gains, brah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Got your leg day, Bay. <laughs> yep. Nope. Well, we still got a little bit of time left. Any other films you've watched for the how about instead of first time viewing any other films you've really enjoyed so far in your scarathon? Uh let's see. I know well there was <laughs> I'm thinking, like, there was one very recently that I watched that it obviously it really was not a favorite. Um, it was uh, Phenomena by, it was directed by Dario Argento. And, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I didn't get through that one. Um, but I was told to, to watch some other ones, so I may check out a couple of his other ones, but that one was, like, one big fail. Um, trying to think uh what else did i see um hmm uh no first time no other first time watches though but like i've seen like you know the hills of eyes was another one that i hadn't seen for a while so i watched that one again and which one I the original that. or the remake the original i haven't seen the original i've only seen the remake Oh, I think yeah, it is the yeah the original from wherever the whatever year it's from <laughs> in the seventies. Because I think Wes Craven made it before he did uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, like seventy seven. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at it now, and I'm like. <laughs> But yeah, the original. I've seen it. It was actually my second time seeing the film, and I like it. I think it's a it's a good movie. It's 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 got the balance of horror and humor, and um, I think it's it's a great story. And yeah, I really like it. So that would that was one that I had watched, and I'd also watched um, I'd watched The Wolfman, and then of course. Well, then I watched The Hills of Eyes, and then I think I watched... Then after that, then I watched An American Werewolf in London. And, um, yeah, it's been kind of a spectrum-swinging mix of, <laughs> of films that I've watched. So, yeah. Yeah, there's been some franchises I wanted to tackle. Look, if I watch one, I want to watch the other one. And like, oh, if I put in Friday the Thirteenth, I want to watch Friday the Thirteenth Part Two and Part Three, or Nightmare on Elm Street, or just yeah. keep on going. That's a good way to take like nine notches out of your scarathon. 
Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, that was another one I'd watched, Nightmare on Elm Street, at least the first one. Because um, I've got the DVD collection of, of those ones. And yeah, the next one I want to do, Friday the 13th, definitely. Although I kind of, there's there's a part of me that kind of wants to like watch the the ones that I really like, kind of do pick and choose. But then I'm like, no, I kind of want to, like, one to, you know. So we'll see. But yeah, I'll, I we won't. You know, I definitely won't catch up to Guy at any point. So <laughs> no, <laughs> throwing the you might as well throw in the towel and start on your cheerathon. You <laughs> pretty much, but I know that there's um, I've got quite a few coming up in the 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 watch and draw and horror that I haven't seen that I found so um, that are on the list. So there'll be more. Uh, first time watches, so I'm excited. Uh, I, took a, I took a glance at that list. I think there was a few I hadn't seen and popcorn I never heard of. Yeah, it's a. I think it's an anthology series. When I looked it up last, but uh, yeah, I had never heard of it either. Um, but apparently it's it's a fun film. So I was looking at apparently it, this has been done for the. This is the third year of doing it now. And uh, the previous lists were like, oh, they were really awesome. It's like, damn it. I wish I knew about it then. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been all over it. But, oh, well. But, yeah, there, there's a few on on here that uh, um, that I haven't seen or heard of. So it'll be interesting. I managed to find some of them, so we'll see. I do love a good anthology movie, too. Um, the original Tales from the Crypt from the 70s is a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Torture Garden is a pretty decent uh, anthology movie. Of course, Trick or Treat is a good mm-hmm. one, too. An excellent one, I think. Because that one ties all of its stories over pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Body Bags is another good one. Yeah. There's one other one I'm thinking of, but I can't think of it right now. <laughs> creep show. A creep show, and oh, there's one other one, but can I remember it? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anthologies are always fun. They're always always good for a watch. So well, that's, what, that's what the originally the Halloween franchise was supposed to be was like an anthology series. Um, the first oh, yeah. two movies. At the end of Halloween 2, it was supposed to be the end of the Michael Myers storyline. That's why they went to the season of the witch. The season of the witch didn't do so good. That's why they went back to Michael Myers. Mm. Which I would have I would have seen. A, like most people, I would have seen an anthology series of stories that take place in Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been kind of cool. But... Oh, well. Can't always have nice things. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you? Is there any... Any what? Any other um, films that you enjoyed during your scarathon? Um, I bet you one earlier called Otis. It's an independent movie. It's more horror comedy. Than anything, it's not real. It's not a slasher. I think it's more of a 
a guy kidnaps this girl, a mentally unstable guy kidnaps this girl and teenage girl and keeps her captive. Um, Daniel Stern's in it. He's just fucking hilarious. And he plays the dad in it. And then it's also got uh, Kevin Pollack in it. So it's not really a lot of blood and gore until the family catches Kevin Pollack's character and tortures the shit out of him. But uh, <laughs> It was like a indie horror movie I found. I think I probably rented it at Family Video for the first time years and years ago. And then uh, I was like wall, you know, Walgreens one day and found it on sale. I'm like, fuck yes. Ten bucks. Sold. <laughs> Best deal. <laughs> and uh, another one I, I... There was actually a few I watched for the first time in a while that I've seen before. So that one or uh, Stephen King's The Mist. And uh, Dead Silence, which I remember seeing Dead Silence in the theaters when it came out when I was in college, 2005, 05, and really enjoying it too. And oh, Andy is a big, uh, he waves the flag loud and proud for this movie. And he's got a lot of people converted onto him. I go, I've always loved this movie. And it doesn't, it gets us a lot of grief or crap from people i'm like i don't know i don't get why it's a very good movie and i think the favorite my favorite as- aspect of dead silence is right before a kill happens you hear all the sound just go off so it's just deathly quiet before something strikes mm. so if you haven't seen it i think you should it's 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 a James Wan Lee Wan L project. They did it right after the first Saw movie, so. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I definitely, yeah, it, um, I think the the only James Wan film I've actually have seen and I really liked because I kind of liked his his style uh, was The Conjuring because he he directed that one and I really liked how he presented that movie. So uh, yeah. I think there's probably been a few others, maybe, but I just can't think of them at the moment. But yeah, I'll check that one out. Sounds good. I just watched Insidious all the way through for the first time not that long ago. Oh, yeah. I tried to watch it a few years ago, and I just couldn't get into it. I went sat down and watched it with my friend Jasmine. Um, actually, another one I enjoyed that I saw for the first time was a Sinister 2. Okay. I had uh, I'd saw a Sinister, the first Sinister in the theater when it came out, like 2012. Really enjoyed it, and I just hadn't seen it since. Oh, they're both on Netflix, and I've already seen the kill count on and ending explained on uh, Sinister Two, and I really enjoyed it. And it's one of those. I think I've mentioned the show before. Uh, Blumhouse is very hit and miss with some of their stuff. Some of their stuff is really good. Some of the other of it's just blah. But uh, the Sinister franchise, I actually really enjoyed. It. I think it's a, a moment where Blumhouse has hit a home run because. Mm. But uh, Sinister 2, I probably like the first Sinister just a little bit more than Sinister 2, but they're both enjoyable. Hmm. What did you think of uh, Insidious? It was good. Uh, it cements the fact that James Wan loves Patrick Wilson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. But, uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't get into the whole paranormal style movies that much. Like, 
Poltergeist probably the most movies I love when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, but I enjoyed it. It was good. Uh, maybe yeah. that. I think was it the big jump scene for everybody in the movie is when the demon shows up behind Patrick Wilson in the dining room. <laughs> That's been yeah. spoiled to death for me, so I didn't jump at all for that. I kind of figured it was coming. I, I always thought that was in The Conjuring. I always got them mixed up because Patrick Wilson's in both of them. They're both James Wan projects. So yeah, but I've I did seen... enjoy it. That's good. I've seen part of Insidious, and it, I it. I didn't get into it so much, but I, I do want to watch it again. And maybe just at the time, I wasn't really, you know, maybe not wanting to watch a movie or something. Like, it was just kind of like, ugh, I don't care. And I turned it off. So I want to give it another chance because I kind of, I like the premise of it and the story. So, yeah, I'll have to give it another chance. Yeah, it's, I'm, not, I'm not one for being into the whole paranormal movies and stuff, but. I don't mind. Yeah. I don't mind that if it's not if it's done sort of how James Wan does it. Like I, I like how he presents it, and it's not just you know all stupid demons and stuff. <laughs> Although there is that in Insidious, but you know. Like, who directed this, James Wan or Zach Baggins? <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I I I don't mind the when they do like the paranormal uh, stuff in films, but it's yeah, it's not uh, a big favorite of mine. Yeah, it, it, being in the paranormal field for the brief time I was, like you kind of know how the sausage is made when it comes to doing stuff like that. Like I've told people about, again, like, yeah, investigations are fun, but it's it's not how it looks on TV when you're in invest you're in a building for four or five hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's yeah, you're you're standing in the dark room talking to yourself. That's what you're doing. <laughs> But, I have yeah. no, I I have no hard feelings against my paranormal family. I just kind of walked away from that part of my life. If people invite me to events, I'll go. But yeah, but uh, yeah. Just after witnessing movie, witnessing it so much for almost a year of my life, like watching a haunted house movie, it's like, eh, this is not really how it works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you really get like okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's a movie guys suspend that belief, I guess. Yeah. And we can suspend belief that Jason Voorhees comes back from the dead after every film. <laughs> after being killed some way or another. Yeah, however brutally he still comes back to life. So, you know. <laughs> Open-mindedness, guys. Open-mindedness. <laughs> you really have to like let the belief go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> especially, be- especially between Jason takes Manhattan and Jason goes to hell. <laughs> I haven't seen Jason goes to hell, but Jason takes Manhattan. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that one's the funniest part, though. Like my favorite scene in that whole thing is when the the two they're running down. Um, 
uh, what's the the main spot in New York? Oh my God! Oh, Times anyway. Times Square. Times Square. Yeah, running down Times Square. They they run past. And then you see Jason, and then there's those guys with the big boombox, whatever. And he's walking. Jason comes up and kicks the boombox. Like it's hilarious. <laughs> that, that, that's my favorite. That's my favorite scene too. <laughs> it's just so funny. I think I when I first watched it, I like rewound it back because it's just like so funny. <laughs> it's almost like, oh, that's what I think of that. Boom. <laughs> And I like how he does it without breaking stride, too. Yeah, he's just going. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and keeps going. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like, well, you know, at the end of Jason Takes Manhattan is he gets turned back into a little kid again. Mm hmm. And all of a sudden, the next film, Jason takes or Jason goes to hell. He's fucking full grown zombie adult creature again. Like, what the fuck? Right? (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) Yep. Suspension of belief. Mm hmm. (laughs) Gotta love it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, is there anything else you're going to try to fit into your scarathon that you haven't yet? Um. Well, like I think like I'm like something you said. Like I'm definitely, I definitely got to fit this in there. Um. I don't think so, actually. Um. I know, like, there, there's a few that, like, I want to watch again, whatever, you know, like, a Friday the 13th, and and then the other Nightmare on Elm Streets, because I watched the first one. Um, other than that, no, there isn't any that I'm like, I need to have this in there somewhere, like, it needs to happen. Um, no, there aren't any that are, uh, that are like that on there. Just ones that, yeah, I gotta watch again, because I haven't seen it for a while, and they'll include it into my movie watching. Uh, there's some I need, like I need to have make sure I have the Universal monster movies in there. Mm. If if I do decide to go with a horror mo- a slasher franchise, I haven't decided yet. But um, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil has to be in there too somewhere. Absolutely. I already had a few. I've already I've already had a few horror comedies in there, like Shaun of the Dead and Otis. Mm-hmm. So you got to keep it going. Mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead's a good one too. Yeah, that one's so good. Yeah, that one's a part of that other uh, other list, so I'll definitely be watching that one um, at some point. Cause that one's fun. <laughs> it is. It's probably my. It's it's my favorite of the Carnet the Carnetto trilogy. Yeah, same here. With World's I mean, End being my number two. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it would be like Shaun of the Dead, The World's End, and then Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. Of that. Yeah. I mean, I like all of them, but if I had to rank them, that's how it would go. <laughs> that's how I would do it, too. And usually a lot of people put Hot Fuzz as number, number two or number one. I'm like, Hot Fuzz is good, but if, 
I'll watch if I if I have time. I'll sit and watch the whole trilogy. I'll watch it all, but mm-hmm. I like the World's End just a little bit more for some reason. I don't know why. It's a little, a little bit more action packed. I think. I think so. Like it kind of starts out like a bit slow, and then it kind of goes from like that zero to a hundred of just everything happening at once. It's when so. the aliens when the aliens start attacking, then it yeah. wraps up into high gear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like we're running out of steam already. I think so. so well, uh, I... hmm? oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, well, I do have some quick, uh, one quick promotional thing. Um, Unacceptable. To... <laughs> Unacceptable. Well, not really, prom- but just like a shout out. Because um, I've I recently um discovered artist Cody Shibe and this was from when he when the the last drive-in was on shutter like it was um like the regular thing and every he yeah, it was every friday and he would do whatever movie we we were watching he would do pick something from that and he would draw it and create something from from that and i really i saw a couple people like retweet whatever and i was like i i love his art like his art his use of color and his style it's just really cool and um so i've recently discovered him and he also he does like he does art and then he also does streaming on twitch um where he'll actually do like live streams of him drawing stuff and he's got uh he does it uh, three days a week he does a, a live art on Monday where he'll um, he'll draw something like lately it's kind of been like Halloween themed stuff or then on Tuesdays he's got um, making monsters so people will he's got like a list of people and if a person comes up on the list and they give him a description of a monster and from that description he'll draw something it's really cool. Some of the stuff that people have come up with have been really good. And then um, recently he started uh, one on Thursdays, which is uh, Creep Show and Tell. And it's from, and it's a live stream showing everybody's art from his drawing prompts that he does. So recently it's been like Halloween themed um, stuff. So previously there was Halloween Tricksters, which you had to have a character with a pumpkin head. However that character looks like, it had to have the head of a pumpkin. And then the second one was um, Spooky Bones. So it was uh, skeletons or things like um, revolving around that. And then his most recent one was is now Clowns. So people draw their creepiest clowns. He's like, let's make nightmares. <laughs> so yeah, and then on the the creep show and tell, he shows he, everybody submits their their art that they've done, and then we'll we all connect on Twitch, and he shares them with everybody. And and uh, mine has been shared quite a few times, so it's been pretty cool to get a lot of love on my stuff. <laughs> um, there was one recently, my. My one of my drawings came up, and it was um, uh, a floating skull in a jar, and um, 
And one person had said, I want that as a tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, oh, you know, gets a pretty high compliment. But but yeah, it's pretty cool. Like everybody shares their stuff. And and there's some amazing artists out there. Like, holy cow. Some of the stuff they create is just amazing. Like it's a mixture of like regular traditional drawings or digital art. And it's just, wow, it's, it's been really cool. So, um, so yeah, he's, he's on there. And then he also, um, he's hosting a watch and draw in horror, which starts from October 1st to the 31st. And it's basically whatever horror movie it is of the day, everybody, you watch it and then you pick something from the movie and you draw it, you draw it, you paint it, whatever you, you do. And then it goes for the 31 days of October. So, yeah. So, um. Yeah, and if, if anybody wants to follow him, Cody Shibe, it's uh, his last name is S C H I B I, and he's um, he's on Twitter, he's on Instagram, um, you can follow him on Twitch. He's also on a thing called Discord, and he's got like a whole community of people, and they share art and uh, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, um, definitely check him out. He's got some awesome stuff. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And uh, if you guys haven't seen Melissa's drawings, make sure she also has an Instagram page, Scribbles of a Wannabe Drawer, correct? Mm-hmm. So make sure you go over to that page and show Melissa some love <laughs> on there too. Encourage her. The, the world needs more encouraging for art artists and not condescending and down talking because i've i've seen both sides of the spectrum on the internet when it comes to artwork i know you're thinking to yourself jared somebody negative on the internet get out of here you're pulling my leg but believe it or not it does negativity on the internet does exist (laughs) yes unfortunately it does (laughs) for example a year or two ago i was talking to some artist on instagram i mean her just talking art and it was around the time i was doing that freddie mercury painting for my friend rex Mm. And I go, yeah, I'm working on like a realistic piece right now and then a cartoony piece. And she goes, can I see? So I sent her the one of me drawing Freddie Mercury. She goes, oh, that's cool. What's the realistic piece you're working on? Oh. <laughs> oh. I go, this, this girl just burned me. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> How? Yeah, I hadn't talked to her since. <laughs> oh, okay. don't leave. Bye, bitch. Yeah. Jeez, that's brutal. Yeah, everybody in this in the community that I've kind of become a part of has is so encouraging and and awesome. So, uh, yeah, it's been really cool. It's good to have those safe spaces, kind of like Lisa's. I love that movie page. Hmm. It's a very safe space to talk about movies in a positive way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I really like that page, and then yeah, the little community I've got is really nice. So, yeah, it's been cool. What's your realistic one look like? (laughs) 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 
But yeah, the scribbles of a wannabe drawer came from my... I thought, you know what, I should create an Instagram for it. Because, like, I was always posting it on Facebook. Because that's where I've got the album on there. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do an Instagram. So I've put up most of my... Mostly my good ones. (laughs) Put up mostly all of them. Except for the ones that are kind of... uh, (laughs) On Instagram. So yeah, go like it like crazy. I'll probably have like a, you know long list of likes but you know or maybe not (laughs) (laughs) it might not be realistic enough (laughs) i I gave you one i gave you one plug and look how big your head's getting oh i'm gonna have a bunch of likes and i just know it (laughs) (laughs) you you realize there's kind of teensy bit of sarcasm in there (laughs) yeah right (laughs) no probably not and no, I'll be feeding your ego today. <laughs> what little ego I have. I really don't have much. Well, you know, you, you know I do it out of love. I know. I'm always <laughs> encouraging. I, I love, I try to, I try to encourage art of any level or style or experience. I even like sidewalk chalk art. One thing I do when I go, when you know people have superstitions like don't step on a crack, I don't step on sidewalk chalk when I go for a run. So oh. if I if I can avoid it, I'll run through the grass or even if it's just like lines or if it's a hopscotch thing, I'll run around it. Yeah. Or I'll like, I, like for me, like, yeah, I'll go around like the chalk drawings and stuff. There's been quite a lot of them recently, which is really cool to see. I love that. Um, but like if there's a hopscotch thing set up, it's like, damn it, I'm doing it. I'm not going to walk over it. I'm not going to go run it. I'm going to do it because it's there to do. So I'll actually go through the hopscotch thing. (laughs) (laughs) Start singing Freak on a Leash while you do it. Feeling like a freak on a leash. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'll I'll do the same thing. Yeah, if I see sidewalk chalk drawings, which are always awesome. um, Yeah, I go around them and you know, so yep. And haha, all you listeners out there, I actually have four pieces of Melissa Nicholson's work, and you don't. <laughs> Be jealous. <laughs> you want what kind of chips do you want with your peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs> If you guys were candy, it'd be jelly beans. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> well, be sure to listen to our next episode. Where we're gonna, like we said earlier in the episode, we're going to try something new. And we're going to try our first of hopefully another series. We're going to start of our versus matches or like a, a nerd united nations cage match where we're gonna have a couple of uh, different things square off against each other and what we're looking at now for this halloween season is we're gonna do a cage match uh who did it better when it comes to teaming up the universal monsters or getting all the monsters together because we know how universal really shit the bed when it tried to come to making a shared universe for all their monsters. The dark universe was the 
Tom Cruise mummy just tanked. So hence they handed it off to Blumhouse to take Invisible Man and now Wolfman over. So we're going to look into who did it better when it comes to teaming up the monsters. So it's going to be a three-way, a triple threat match against Matt Rankin and Bass's Mad Monster Party. Uh, the <clears throat> Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. And Monster Squad. Well, so we got one, one from the 40s, one from the 60s, and one from the 80s. So nice generational gap there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know uh, Mad Monster Party is going to be a first-time viewing for me. It's one I've heard of but never seen. Usually when I think of Rankin and Bass, I think of the Christmas specials they've done. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a first-time viewing for me, too. I had never heard of it until you mentioned it. and I, I It took some digging, <laughs> but I, I found it. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to watch it. Should be a fun time. Mm-hmm. Should be a fun episode. And if, and if this takes off... I got a couple ideas for Christmas that we could do this with too. Mm-hmm. One of them might be painful. <laughs> <laughs> ah, we'll 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 do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hopefully the trailer. Hopefully it's not as bad as the trailers or kill counts make them look. But we're gonna tiptoe around the bush. I think if this cage match thing takes off, we like we I pitched the idea to Melissa to do one for the three Black Christmas movies. So the original from '74, uh, the rem- the first remake in 2006, and the remake that just came out last year. Mm. Which why keep doing it? The first remake wasn't a success. Remaking it again 13 years later, like a I don't know. <laughs> It's what we're doing now, so I guess somebody had to remake it. Yeah. Hollywood's out of ideas. Yeah, just a little bit. Or if not, the other one I thought of we could do was be it was comparing the three Grinch movies. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of the Jim Carrey one. No. <laughs> I love Jim I love Jim Carrey, but I'm not a huge fan of the Grinch. Yeah. No, me neither. But I, I'd be willing to watch it for the episode. So, and then, well, I haven't seen the most recent one. So, well, that one's so good. Yeah, I really love that one. Yeah, so I'll definitely. Yeah, I wanna. I I do want to check that one out. So, so tune in next time when we have our first Nerd Foundations Nerd Smackdown Triple Threat Match. <laughs> But in the meantime, Melissa, where can the listeners keep up with you? Uh, they can keep up with me on the tweets and Instagrams, and they can find me at Miss Melissa N25, and it's the same handle on Twitter and Instagram. And then also, um, in case you forgot, <laughs> uh, I have a new Instagram that I made for all my drawings and stuff. Uh, and it's called Scribbles of a Wannabe Drawer. So you can send me a follow on there if you like. And where can they find you, Jared? You can find me on the tweets and Instagrams at QCA underscore Mista underscore J. Tribute to the best comic book villain of all time, the Joker. Um, I don't have as much artwork on there right now. Most of it's just pictures of my cats. So... <laughs> Sometimes the drawings will be coming back soon. Don't worry. Um, 
Twitter, I had not on there super much, just mostly retweeting stuff and getting celebrities to acknowledge that I exist. I think that's what Twitter is for. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can find us as a podcast in general on all three social media platforms at Nerd Nations Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We will read your reviews out loud on the show when we get them. And plus it helps us get our name out into the ether. So when people search nerd podcast, Hey, there is this little podcast right here. And of course you can always find us on our home at Podbean. Uh, I am working on trying to get us on other platforms such as Google play, Google podcasts. Wow. We're really rusty at this already, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. So sorry. <laughs> well, make sure you guys keep enjoying your your scarathon going into October thirty first. You find all the good stuff on Prime, Netflix, Hulu, Shutter. Unless you're in Canada, then you spell Shutter S H U D D U E R U. For all you Queen's English using viewers. <laughs> Sometimes I wish this was a video podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it wouldn't it wouldn't be an episode of United Nations if I didn't break Melissa at least once. You haven't broke me. <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was gonna do it too. I think you were fighting it that time. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's like really? <sighs> so next episode you have to try harder. Let <laughs> me just to break it twice. Or find out what words I can stick the letter U into. <laughs> yep. Oh, you'll find you'll you'll find some word and it'll be like really. <sighs> well in Canada they spell Bud Abbott as A B B U O. <laughs> so anyway for Melissa I've been Jared thank you for listening again remember of course we are nerds and we're pretty proud of it but times are tough out there still so us nerds got, us nerds gotta stick together so always remember be excellent to each other party on dudes see you next time the thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone. And do not represent the companies they happen to work for. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>